Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about Mercury, a Wikipedia reading episode 2. For some reason I fell a bit of sleep towards the end of here, but we found that Mercury is a planetary, it's been husked, and it's sort of like a, a big sort of rocky inner planet with the outer silicate layers gone. It's quite dense, but it's actually so small that it hasn't got gravitational density acceleration to it. Um, and uh, we've got different activities here to it, and it's got uh, it's yet to go into the orbital pattern, but it's a, a sort of a close elliptical orbit. Im- images from Messenger which is the most recent um, late oh, 2015 spacecraft which crashed into it. Real evidence of pyroclastic flows on Mercury are from low-profile shield volcanoes. So a pyroclastic flow um, would be just lava flows. Messenger data helped identify 51 pyroclastic deposits on the surface uh, where 90% of them are found within impact tr- craters. So you can imagine it's sort of like a huge pus ball coming out. A study of the degradation state of the impact uh, craters that host pyroclastic deposits suggests pyroclastic activity occurred in Mercury over a prolonged interval. The rimless depression inside the southwest rim of the Coriolis Basin consists of at least nine overlaying volcanic vents, each individually up to 8 kilometres in diameter. It is thus a compound volcano. The vent floors are at least 1 kilometre uh, below their brinks, and they bear a closer resemblance to volcanic craters sculptured by explosive eruptions or modified by a collapse of a void space created by the magma withdrawal back down in the conduit. Scientists could not qualify the quantify the age of the volcanic complex system, but it reported it was the order of a billion years. So it's sort of a bit like Star Wars, that thing where they have that that uh, big snake come out of an asteroid. These tubes here, um, and there are these in the beneath the Australian landscape where we have volcanoes. Yes, we do have volcanoes in Australia, but there are these flow lava tubes which produces these very long tube volcanoes. Okay, the t- surface temperature on Mercury ranges from 700 to 700 Kelvin, so that's 600 degrees on your oven. At the most extreme places, which is 0 degrees north, it's on the equator, uh, and either on the two west sides, so this is where the sun where, where it comes along and it uh, so sort of dwells close to the perihelion, so as it comes along. It never rises above um, 180K at the poles, due to the absence of atmosphere and a steep temperature gradient between the equator and the poles. Uh, the subsolar point reaches uh, 700K during the perihelion, which is at zero west and waste. Um, but only 500 um, at aphelion. So this is um, there's other bits of the equator. So so this is what happens is that it uh, uh, the sun 
from your from what your viewpoint, the sun doesn't the sudden goes to a point in the star, sky over somewhere, it stops, comes back. When it stops, it goes there. Perihelion, it's only 90 degrees to 270 degrees. Uh, sorry, um, it's only at 550 degrees Kelvin. Still quite hot. On the dark side of the planet, temperatures average um, 110 Kelvin. The intensity of sunlight on Mercury surface ranges between 4.59 and 10.16 times the solar constant, um, which is what we get on Earth. So, varies. So it's been bloody hot, even though the sun's only three times, or the sun we're three times closer to the sun that's three times bigger. That's it up. Okay, page eight. Although daylight temperature and the surface of Mercury is generally extremely high, observations strongly suggest that ice, frozen water, exists on Mercury. The floors, deep craters at the poles are never exposed to direct sunlight. The temperatures there remain uh, uh, below 102K, far lower than the global average. Water ice strongly reflects radar and the observation by uh, the 70 meter Goldstone system radar and the VLA in the early 90s revealed that there are patches of high, uh, high radar reflection near the poles, although ice is not the only possible cause of these reflective regions. Astronomers think it's the most likely. So you can imagine the, uh, the uh, um, Mercury is the least tilted axis. It's almost perfectly spinning. And we've got a tilted axis, and we go high and below, so we can see the different poles. Um, the icy uh, regions estimated contain uh, 10 to the 14 to 10 to the 15 kilograms of ice, which is actually not all that much. 10 to the 3 is a cubic meter, so that's that's it's sort of like, like, well, it's not a huge amount of ice. By comparison, the Antarctic ice sheet. Uh, has a mass of 10 to the 18 kilograms, 4 by 10 to the 18 kilograms. So the, our Antarctic ice sheet is a thousand, four thousand times greater. Mars at the Polar Cape contains about uh, 116 kilograms of water. The origin of ice and mercury is not yet known. But the two most likely sources are outgassing of water from the planet's interior and deposition from the impact comets. Mercury is too small and hot for its gravity to retain any significant atmosphere over long periods of time. It does have a tenuous surface-bound exosphere containing hydrogen, helium, uh, oxygen, sodium, um, calcium, potassium, i.e. it's just frying the shit out of it. The other surface pressure is less than 0.5 nanopascals. So, if, you know, that would be a very good vacuum system on Earth. Uh, the exposure, the exosphere is not uh, is not stable. Atoms uh, are continuously lost and replenished by a variety of sources. Hydrogen atoms, helium atoms, probably come from the solar wind diffusing into Mercury's magnetosphere uh, before later escaping back into space. Radioactive decay of elements within Mercury's crust is another source of helium, as well as sodium and potassium. Messenger found high 
portions of calcium, helium, hydroxide, magnesium, oxygen, potassium, silicon, and sodium water vapor is present, released by a combination of processes such as comet striking the surface, splattering creating water out of hydrogen from the solar wind and oxygen rocks, sublimation of reservoirs of ice water in the permanently shadowed uh, polar craters, detection of high amounts of water-related ions, OH+, plus, um, so O+, plus, OH-, minus, H3O+, plus, was a surprise because the quantities of these ions were detected in the Mercury space environment scientists surmise that these molecules were blasted from the surface of the exosphere by the solar wind. Sodium, potassium and calcium were discovered in the atmosphere during the 80s and 90s and are thought to be a result from vaporization of surface rocks struck by micrometeorites impacts including um, presently from uh, comet Enki. In 2008, magnesium was discovered by messenger. Studies indicate that at times sodium emissions are localized at points that correspond to the planet's magnetic poles. This would indicate interaction between the magnetosphere and the planet's surface, like the um, aurora borealis, that type of stuff. On November um, 29, 2012, NASA confirmed the images of Messenger had detected that craters at the North Pole contained water ice. Well, maybe, ice, maybe we think it is, but it's confirmed. Messenger's principal investigator, Sean Solomon, is quoted in the New York Times estimating the volume of ice be large enough to encase Washington, D.C. in a frozen block, uh, uh, block two and a half miles deep. So... Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a dumb thing. Magnetic field and magnetosphere. Despite the small size and a slow 59 day long rotation, okay, well, it's, it's, it's rotating a, 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 a bit faster than its orbital period. According to the measurements taken by Mariner 10, it is about 1.1 the strength of Earth's. The magnetic field strength of Mercury equator is about 300 nanotesters. Like that of Earth's, Mercury's magnetic field is dipolar, it's got a north and south pole. Unlike Earth, Mercury's poles are nearly aligned with the planet's spin axis. Whoa! So it's right down, it's the east-west. Or oh, the spin axis. Oh no, the spin axis is directly at the top. Now measurements from both the Mariner 10 and, Mes and Messenger space probes have indicated that the strength and shape of magnetic fields are stable. That's, that would be really interesting. Okay, I'll just stop here for a second. Measurements from both the Mariner 10 and Messenger, which is sort of like 50 years apart, um, space probes have indicated that the strength and shape of magnetic fields are stable. It is likely that this magnetic field is generated by a dynamo effect in a manner similar to the Earth's magnetic field. This dynamo effect will result from the circulation of the planet's iron-rich liquid core, particularly strong tidal effects caused by the planet's high orbital eccentricity would serve to keep the core and liquid state necessary for the dynamo effect. Mercury's magnetic field is strong enough to deflect the solar wind around the planet, creating a magnetosphere. 
The planet's magnetosphere, though small enough to fit within the Earth, is strong enough to trap the solar wind plasma. This contributes to space weathering of the planet's surface. What? Oh, again. Observation taken on Mara 10 spacecraft detected this low-energy plasma in a magnetosphere of the planet's night site. Bursts of energetic particles in the planet's magnetotail indicate dynamic quality of the planet's magnetosphere. During the second flyby of the planet in October 6, 2008, Messenger discovered that Mercury's magnetic field can be extremely leaky. The spacecraft created magnetic tornadoes, twisted bundles of magnetic field connecting the planetary magnetic field to inter interplanetary space that were up to 800 kilometers wide and a third the radius of the planet. These twisted magnetic flux tubes, technically known as flux transfer events, form open windows in the planet's magnetic shield through which the solar wind may enter directly and impact Mercury's surface via magnetic reconnection. This also occurs in the Earth's magnetic field. The messenger observation showed the reconnection rate is 10 times higher at Mercury, but its proximity to the Sun only accounts for about a third of the reconnection rate observed by messenger. Hmm. I don't know what that actually means. Mercury. Orbit rotation along the tube. Mercury has the most eccentric orbit of all the planets. Its eccentricity is 0 0.12, with a distance from the Sun ranging from uh, 46 million to 70 million kilometres. We're 150 million kilometres, so it's actually uh, or it's actually it can get to, to three times closer or twice as close to the Sun as us. It takes uh, 87.969 Earth days to complete an orbit. The diagram illustrates the effect of eccentricity showing the Earth's orbit overlaid with a circular orbit having the same semi-major axis. Mercury's higher velocity when near the solar perihelion is clear from the greater distance it covers in each five-day interval. So, the, our Earth slightly in perihelion, so we the Australia comes closer to the Sun than Britain in summer. That's why it's also hot. The dark okay. Um, in the diagram, the varying distance of Mercury to the Sun is represented by the size of the planet which is inversely proportional to uh, Mercury's distance from the Sun. The varying distance to the Sun leads Mercury's surface being flexed by tidal bulges raised by the Sun that are about 17 times stronger than the Moon and the Earth, combined with a 3 to 2 spin orbit resonance. Plus rotation around the axis it also results in complex variation in surface temperature. The resonance, uh, the, so the resonance is three times, so it's, every time it goes around, it's, it, it has to go around three times to, sp to spin, no, if it, if, it, um, if it goes around twice, it rotates three times, so it means it, it rotates one and a half times, so it means that, um, each perihelion, you get a different different side of the west going to it. Combine, okay. Um, the resonance makes a single solar day on Mercury last exactly two Mercury years.
just let me work that one out. Oh yeah, so you take you spin three times per two orbits. So you first. Now I don't quite get that one. The first. I'm just I'm just getting a bit confused by this. It spins three times for every two orbits. I have to really, really think this one. I don't think that's quite correct. The resonant takes a single solar day on Mercury, lasts exactly two Mercury years, or about uh, 176 cycles. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's not quite... That, it means that... No. In three... Oh, it spins three times. Oh, that sort of makes sense. It spins in space three times. But because it's spinning around the Earth, the, the Sun gets to the same point. So you, the midday of the Sun takes two years to get there. That's right. So just I can see that. So what happens is, yeah. So it spins three times space. Space is spun around three times, but the sun has only spun around. So it spins in space three times, but it means it's two years by the time it points back to the sun in the same space because it's also rotating around the sun so its position is there i i understand that it's hard for you to get to get in there so it's it's quite quite an amazing space so in three years um so in two two orbits it's spun in space three times but because there's two orbits, it's only one spin. The sun has only appeared to spin once. Mercury orbit is inclined at seven degrees to the plane of the Earth's the ecliptics, and it's shown in the diagram to the right. As a result, the transit of Mercury across the face of the sun can only occur when the planet is crossing the plane of the ecliptic at the time of the Earth. It's between the Earth. Okay, because it's, it's at an angle. It's it, like a lot of the time the... Mercury is between us and the Earth, and it's above and below. It's only when it's it's cutting across the mid plane of the Sun, and the Earth is playing the mid sun of the Sun. Um, um, which is in May or November. This occurs every seven years on average. Mercury's axial tilt is almost zero, with the best measured value as low as 0 0.7 degrees, 27 degrees, so that's pretty low. This is significantly smaller than that of Jupiter, which is the second smallest tilt of 3.1 degrees. It means to an observer, Mercury's poles and the centre of the Sun um, uh, never rises more than 
2.1 arc minutes above the horizon hmm. means that to observe it at Mercury's pole. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, at certain points of Mercury's surface, an observer would be able to see the sun peak up uh, a little more than two thirds of the way over the horizon, then reverse and set before rising again. With all these, uh, with, uh, all within the same Mercury day. This is because approximately four Earth days before perihelion, Mercury's angular orbital velocity equals the angular rotational velocity. So the Sun's apparent motion ceases. Closer to perihelion, Mercury's angular orbital velocity then exceeds um, the angular orbital velocity. Thus, uh, to a hypothetical observer Mercury, the Sun appears to move in a retrograde direction. Four Earth days after perihelion, the Sun's normal apparent motion resumes. So, that's right. So, uh, on, for a couple of days in the year, the and you, it's almost as so. You, it's the sun goes and goes backwards again because it's so the sun comes in close. So the sun grows in size. Can imagine you in here. The sun grows in size by a factor of two. Is that right? Fourteen, yeah, but almost a factor of two. And as it grows, it goes. It goes. It rises, grows, slows, stops. Goes back again and weighs across and then shrinks again. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, okay. Uh, this prolonged exposure to the sun at the brightest makes uh, two points the hottest place on Mercury. These two points. Maximum temperatures occur when the sun is at an angle of about 25 degrees past noon due to the neural temperature lag. Okay. So it's 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 sort of it's like under the gorilla so to speak for a while. Conversely there are two other points on the equator 90 degrees to longitude apart from uh, from the first one where the sun passes overhead only when the planet is at aperihelion in alternate years when the apparent motion of the sun in Mercury sky is relatively rapid. These points uh, which are the ones of the equator where the apparent retrograde motion of the sun happens when it's crossing the horizon is described in the preceding paragraph receives much less solar heat than the first ones described above. Mercury contains inferior conjunction nearest approach to the Earth every 116 Earth days on average. But this interval can range from 105 to 129 days due to the planet's eccentric orbit. Mercury can come um, as near as 8.2 uh, geometers um, to Earth, and that is. Um, and that is slowly declining. The next approach is uh, 182.1 kilometers. So you can imagine that the uh, it's got the elliptic orbit, and it's also the Earth's hitting an elliptic orbit. Um, and within 8.2 kilometers, in 4,487, but will not be closer to the Earth than 80 kilometers uh, until 28. 
1000 AD. Its period um, of retrograde motion, as seen from the Earth, can vary from 8 to 15 days. On So this is the parallax effect on either side of the inferior conjunction. Okay, so that's when it's coming close to its Earth. This large range arises from the planet's high orbital eccentricity. On average, Mercury is closest planet to Earth. Oh, right. And it's the closest planet to each of the other planets in the solar system. Hmm. You can imagine the other planets have got the, you know, the, the radius thing happening. The longitudinal convention for Mercury puts the zero longitude at one side of the hottest point on the Earth's surface as described above. However, when this area was first visited by Mariner 10, this zero meridian was in darkness, so it was impossible to select a feature on the surface to define the exact position. Meridian. Therefore, a small crater further west was chosen, called Hun Kal, which provides the exact reference points for measuring longitude. The centre of Kung Hal defines 20 degrees west meridian. A 1970 International Astronomy Union resolution suggested that longitude be measured positively in the western direction in, in Mercury. The two hottest places on the equator were therefore longitude 0 west and 180 degrees west. And the coolest points are 90 degrees and 270 degrees. However, Messenger uh, Project uses uh, an east positive convention. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.